Welcome to the Bromley Buzz, uh, with a slightly snuffly presenter in the shape of Darren Wheel from Interim PR here, who's getting over a cold, and Zenat Narani of, of Vida de la Mariposa Coaching, who appears to be a lot healthier than I'm feeling right now. Remember, Rumble, this Rumble. is a buzz podcast. We're not going down the whole man flu. Oh, I feel so awful. Can we co- cover my hair, which basically anything can do at the moment, though? I, I, is this going to be I your buzz? Come buzzed on, tell us what your buzzes are. Went to the hairdressers. I'm not going to mention their name because they're not about dragging people down. But I said, <laughs> give me a trim and a number three up the back and sides. He ignored the first part and got, started on buzzing over the top and I've now got no hair. So a literal buzz, was it? Uh, yeah, it's such a drag. I'm putting my hat on. There so now go. he's got a woolly hat. Yeah, because it it's warm. cold up there. See, what I don't understand. Why would you want to get a haircut in wintertime? Actually, it's largely my eyebrows. As you get older, or as, <laughs> as I get older, the, um, some of the hair sort of spring out and then interfere with your vision. So you get that at the, time, at the same time. Age is a weird thing. Um, anyway, back we are at Startup Bromley's premises in Bromley Library today. Uh, they also have spaces in Orpington and Biggin Hill. And uh, yeah. Um, we're sitting here in one of the little hub boxes. It's very nice, actually. It is, um, it's cosy. Yeah. Um, and, well, what we will do is kick on with our normal thing, which is what the heck has been giving us a buzz this week? So, you were saying that your buzz was your haircut. Tell us a little bit more. I'm not telling you any more about that, besides which there is literally little to tell anymore. <laughs> right, fair enough, then we'll go into my buzz. So, my buzz, my first one was um, I went to a quiz and bingo night with uh, Christine Atkinson of the Rotary Club, the uh, Denise Mead Hill, who is the lead for the Passport Club of the Rotary Club, but also she's a career coach, uh, Sarah Marsh Collins of Babel Monkey Digital Marketing. I know you love saying with that. With whom I would have been there as well if it weren't for the cold. All right, all right. Mm. You had to get it in there, didn't you? Stop mm. ruining my buzz. Okay, um, and with adjacent Morrill of jade window cleaning so we all went down to support um the saxon day center who are looking to collect money for the defibrillators and it was it was great it was a great evening it was a real buzz it was actually quite really funny actually it was interesting so sarah and i walked in while jason stayed outside had was having a little smoke we walked in and then all of a sudden you know when you walk into a room and it's a room that you're not supposed to be in and all the heads turn and glare at you Oh, sounds like the step And there was wise. silence. Yeah. Well, that's what it was like when Sarah and I walked in the room. Mm-hmm. And we were a bit like, uh, mm, okay, are we supposed to be here? Shall we sit down? Shall we stand? What shall we do? <laughs> yeah, we ended hilarious. up in the um, Chelmsfield Women's Institute on a bingo night by accident or something. Well, it was just, yeah. it was so surreal. We walked in, honestly, and everybody's head just turned and looked up mm. and complete silence. But it was brilliant. We didn't win anything on anything on the on the quizzes on the actual bingo you were a man down on the team weren't you we were a man down i know we look we're not making it about you why not (laughs) this is what man flu does it makes you really self-piteous yes but but we don't pity ourselves on the buzz anyway we were a man down we did miss you dazzle Um, you were one of the dazzles that we missed um and we could have done with it but it was quite funny because the ladies that were sat on the opposite table they were right little teasers. Oh, yeah. Yes, teasing us. <laughs> but we had a wonderful um, evening. And, it, you know, it was just great to be there, to be able to support 
such an important um, cause to raise uh, money for defibrillators. Sorry, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, because they are needed. Yeah. So it was for the Saxon Day Centre. Yes. Yeah, so, so that was my buzz. Yeah, and they work with people with dementia and their they families. They do, yes. They do. Meanwhile... And what's your other buzz? Oh, meanwhile, go on. Yeah, I mean, well, not me... Yes, actually, it was the day after. Mm. Because while I was nursing myself back to a vague semblance of health, mm. uh, I succeeded enough that I managed to go to a long-booked-in thing, which was Destination Star Trek, which wasn't in Bromley. That's even right. Even though our mutual acquaintance... You went um, out to outer, outer space, did you? Yes. Where met no man has I beamed gone up, before. I beamed up to, beamed uh, up. Beam up, uh, to the Excel Centre. Yeah, um, Bromley has had this kind of thing. It's had sci-fi event in Bromley, which Nicky Barkley organised a priory live, which mm. we're seeing next year, the 6th of August. There we go, I'll get that in there. Um, runs. But this was Excel. It was a big convention for people. It was meant to be a reunion for the Voyager cast mm. from uh, that series. It wasn't entirely, but it did have the captain there. It had Harry Kim there. It had um, various people. Marina Sirtis from the original series, um, uh, Councillor Troy, there you go, a professional in your field. The first councillor, I think, probably in the history of Star Trek that went out with oh, um, really? Next Generation. She was on the bridge sitting next to um, Picard. And so every time I had a, a difficult decision, <laughs> he'd be sort of turning around, councillor, what do you think about this? By the way, you're also empathic and can work out what people are thinking and whether they're lying to you from across yeah. the communicator in space. But it was a heck of a good event. I met a guy called Ed Zephyr, who's an actor, uh, he dressed up as um, Captain Kirk and didn't half look the part. Look at that. I've got his card there. Oh, thank uh, you. And so a little shout out to Ed Zephyr. Mm. Uh, and I'm delighted to see you're wearing a red shirt today. Uh, well, only semi-delighted actually because uh, red shirts are famous in the history of Star Trek, or Red Jumper, um, because they, I think the engineering uh, people, red That's shirts. That's right, the engineering. Um, I was going to say his is green. But they might have been previously security, but whatever they were, certainly during the original series, you go out on an away mission with a red shirt on, you're liable to get killed. <laughs> uh, it became a bit of a thing with Star Trek. Um, but anyway, I, I loved um, pictures with um, the Borg, uh, the Klingons, uh, the Romulans and Amazing. Uh, other people that were there. It's just a, such a bunch of people having a really great time. So you went back to your childhood? I did, and I'm going to go back to it again. And, uh, Nikki, come on, dust off the old sci-fi thing and do it in Romney yeah. again. I think, you know what, sometimes it's nice to go back to our childhood and the way it felt and the things that we enjoyed going back to that, even that we enjoy right now, just being a kid again. Yeah. Well, Brilliant. Sounds amazing. And I love some of the photographs you've got, so yes. Okay. Over to you for another buzz. Another buzz. Well, <laughs> Remembrance Sunday, of course. Um which was also part for the Bromley buzz. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't split myself to be in Bromley for Remembrance Sunday, but I was there in Orpington. And, oh my goodness, it was just amazing. The turnout was incredible, because obviously last year they didn't have it due to the pandemic. So there was a huge, huge turnout of you know, young people, children, cats, dogs, you name it, everybody was there. And the atmosphere was absolutely wonderful. And that, you know, the whole ceremony of uh, remembering the fallen. Uh, the band that was playing was incredible, uh, who we will hear from as well. Um, I've got a short interview with him. Okay. And, um, you know, some of the music that was played there. Um, but I'll tell you what was the most touching was the lament. 
when that was played, my heart just went, just dropped, but with with warmth. Um, and I had goosebumps. It was incredible. Because I was with you during the Royal British Legion Orpington meeting, mm. which was talking about the preparations. And so I had the, the team, which quite a lot of people, um, and Councillor Kim Botting, who yep. was in there, the president of it. And the detail that they ended up going into, did the bagpipers uh, make their appearance? Yes, they did. They were absolutely wonderful, the bagpipers. I mean, uh, do you know what? I, everything was wonderful, apart from it being absolutely freezing. It was it was a great turnout. And it was just so lovely to see the cadets, the army, the scouts, the beavers, the... the, the the squirrels or whatever you call mm -hmm. it, the mice, they, you know, all of them just in this parade. I mean, so, you know, the whole act of the remembrance um, was organised by the parade marshal, Major um, M. Beckham, Michelle Beckham, Army Cadet Force and Petty Officer Wallace, T.S. Weldwin. Um, the whole service was um, led by the Reverend George M. Rogers, who is the Vicar of Orpington. Um, yeah, I mean, Kim Botting, um, Councillor Kim Botting, um, did the exhortation, and she's part of the FRSA, President of the Orpington, and District Branch of the British Royal Legion. We then had the last post, which was done by Major Darren Riley. The two-minute silence was done, which is the lament, which I told you I got goosebumps through, which was beautiful, by Major Chick Mackey, and the rev I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Is it Reveal? Reveal? I've always struggled with that one. I, I think it's Reveille, but I could Reveille. be wrong. That was done by Major Darren Riley. And the Kohima, where again was said by uh, Kim Botting. Uh, uh, do you know what? It, it was beautiful. And of course, at the end, uh, we had um, a reading that was done from the book of uh, Micaiah. Is that, I'm sure that if that's pronounced, apologies if it's pronounced wrongly. Chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, and this was read out by Deputy Mayor of Bromley, Councillor Tony Owen, who we've had on our podcast as well. Yeah, well, we've had also, you referred to the exhortation that was on an earlier show recorded at the yeah. uh, Orpington Legion, and we interviewed um, Warrant Officer... Mark Kane, Mark Kane about this in, in the running so we've we done our bit to support it and quite rightly so yeah no I mean if it's okay I'd like to just read the peace prayer that they read at the end please do yep okay lead us from death to life from falsehood to truth lead us from despair to hope from fear to trust lead us from hate to love from war to peace let peace fill our heart, our world, our universe. Amen. Yeah, that's rather beautiful. It is lovely. So the band that was playing on Remembrance Day was uh, absolutely fantastic. And for them, it was uh, great for them to be out there again, because obviously in 2019, they were not able to um, play for Remembrance Day. So I had the... Uh, the lovely pleasure of uh, interviewing Dennis Mycroft, the conductor of the band of um, XBY. So let's hear from him. Well, I'm here with Dennis Mycroft. Hello. Hello. And how are you doing today? Yeah, we're fine. We've uh, come back again after lockdown last year where there was no service. So it's nice to be back. And you are leading the band yeah. today for the Remembrance Day of 2021, right. yeah. 14th of November. How, how is it for you? 
being here, playing for such a memorable, important it's, it's very important actually, it's a tradition locally uh, and this group is called XBY which stands for X Bromley Youth so it's quite appropriate because the band spans a great age group from me right down to sort of our youngest which are about late teenagers really. Fantastic, and how long have you been doing this for? Uh, every, about you do this five years. Year, five years yeah. every year? Yeah, yeah, except for last year. Of except course, for last yeah, year. Of course, <laughs> yes. And mm. um, I mean... What's your feeling of today after not doing it last year and we're here now? It's, it's <laughs> lovely actually, it's, it's a lot more people here this year actually. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's always a challenge for us because uh, uh, there are so many different parts of the service coming together with no rehearsal. Yes. <laughs> it's not easy, but it seemed to go well. Uh, yes, indeed. I mean, it all seemed to flow very well. I mean, the mm. service was lovely. Yeah. Um, very meaningful, very actually. Meaningful, just so emotional as yes, well. Yes, yes. I thought that way. Particularly the pipes, actually, the lament yes. on the pipes. Yes, absolutely. Scottish pipes doing a lament uh, is very moving. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. And um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Now, there is a, another link to, uh, it sounds trivial by comparison, and it is in a way, um, to an earlier thing from, I think, last show. Mm. We were talking about the post toppers that have been put on mm. court, court Road, um, knitted <laughs> or crocheted, yes, we whatever were. they are, um, little figures and things. And I found on the Beckenham Business Association, which I took an interest in since going to the event with you the, uh, the other week, um, but they've got a, they showed a picture of a post-topper in Beckenham, and that is actually a remembrance one, and it's, it's quite a, a thing. It's uh, a soldier's um, shoulders up with a helmet on, uh, a chest with a, a array of poppies mm, in front of it. It's 3D as well. Yeah, it wraps around the post box, and words lest we forget. Uh, oh, across beautiful. the front it, it's quite something and uh, we'll share that picture uh, oh definitely yeah, I think media. it's lovely mm. really really lovely yeah. right what's another buzz for you or was that your buzz <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's the nature of buzzes is that they don't have to be sort of ecstatically happy things. No. They can also be very profound and memorable and, and moving. And I've got another one that's associated with, with that theme. Uh, not something you would ever normally want to buzz about, but I went to a funeral mm. uh, last week. Okay. of a, lo a local lady um, called Valerie Irene Watts, uh, known to her family and friends as Val. And while I was at this in Beckenham Crematorium, uh, I, I reflected on the fact that uh, genuinely uh, the people who knew her regarded uh, her as a, a joy. She mm -hmm. used to work in uh, one of the, the Hospice of Hope charity shop in uh, Orpington. And whenever I went in there, uh, it would always be, oh, there's this joyous person. Even after she had diagnosis and treatment for cancer mm. uh, she was there and she was just a, this really shining light of a person so it's nice to pay tribute to her but there's a link because I spoke to Michelle Simpson a fundraiser mm. from the oh, lovely lady. Cancer Trust yeah. who well we're going to let her talk about things in her own way but the Charlottesville Cancer Trust is a, a local charity that does great things and has their ward wards um at the Princess Royal Hospital in Farnborough and they're very worthy of support. Mm -hmm. But the link here is that uh, I've got the booklet from the uh, crematorium 
here and it says um, uh, of the Chartwell Cancer Trust. Anyone wishing to give a donation in memory of Val to Chartwell Cancer Trust may be given online by scanning the QR code and so on. Val was extremely thankful for all the kindness she received in their care. Mm, so Beautiful. I, 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 that really stood out for me in the same week I was speaking to Michelle. That's beautiful. And speaking of Michelle Simpson, um, she'll also be featuring on my radio show, The Mindset Matters on Channel Radio. On Fridays. On Fridays. Ten thirty to and twelve. That's PM. it. Yeah. Twelve p.m. So she'll be featuring in uh, December seventeenth, I think, if I'm not mistaken. She'll be on. So yeah. looking forward to that. A wonderful lady. Yeah, and she will be on on the buzz in due course. Yeah. Uh, although we're actually talking about uh, other aspects of um, possibly getting other people involved. Maybe the founder. Mm. Um, who has uh, an interesting name, Michael Douglas, if I remember correctly. Anything like Mike, the real Michael Douglas? I don't, I don't know. Basic instinct? <laughs> <laughs> well, his instinct was, when going through cancer treatment, to um, provide some supplementary services uh, of the kind he wasn't receiving. Mm. And he set up this organisation. Apparently he's uh, an octogenarian now and still full of life, which is mm. the, the thing you want to see from someone who's going through cancer, if at all possible. But yeah. uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, so we've done that one. and I, uh, I, Oh, that was uh, one other thing on the Chartwell Cancer Trust. Um, look out in Bromley Civic Centre, because in due course they're going to have a giving tree, uh, the, the, a, a Christmas thing where you can contribute toys for people who the chart well cancer trust oh wow wonderful you know, the, the people who are um who have cancer the children and yeah. so on and who very much welcome presents at this time of year okay. um and that, that was really good mm -hmm. uh, I, I have another buzz or two and uh, how about yourself so my other buzz is uh last i think it was last week time flies by uh was the first bcs business continuity support group that was launched way back at the beginning of the pandemic we launched it then to support um, everyone going through difficulties in their personal and business life uh, with loads of different speakers coming on and giving insights, tips, tools, you name it, it was there. Anyway, we had our very, very first networking face-to-face um, -face, um, event and it was at D'Angelo's in Orpington. Uh, and the manager there was Luca, and uh, him and his staff were absolutely amazing. The food was divine, great space for networking. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, we had something like almost 30 people there. Yep. Um, and it, was, it just felt amazing. Mm. You know, it was almost like the pandemic hadn't happened, and we're all in one room together again, like it used to be. Yes, that's one thing the pandemic did is made you appreciate things which you took for granted before. Mm. And that was a very good event. I, I enjoyed it as well. And uh, Chandra Sharma, uh, who, like yourself, is one of the organisers. He was um, the speaker there. He was the speaker there. Um, so he was talking about the, the history of himself as a, as a community man, as um, the founder of uh, Tangent Office Resources, Resources. of mm -hmm. the time when... His shop burnt down around. I know well, thankfully all not the challenges, him, but, yeah. uh, and know. then the loss of his father, and all of these, you know, challenges, and how he's moved forward. Just an incredible man. Yeah. Um, so yes, that was a definitely great buzz. Though it didn't end off with a great buzz um, for a buzz for me on that day, did it? Um, why was that again? 
because oh. I, you know I kept on saying, yes, um, looking at my clock, looking at my phone on my yeah. watch and the parking, Ringo, good old Ringo parking. And I said, I'm not going to get a ticket, not going to get a ticket. Went out to move my car, got 17 minutes to spare, 17 mm. minutes and 21 seconds to spare. And I thought, oh, I'll go and move it because it gives me time to walk back. What happens? I got a ticket. Because apparently, what did I do? Which I didn't realise. Mm. Um, is I put in the wrong location number. Oh, no. So I ended up getting a ticket. So, so make sure, my tip is, you read the location number on the machine and on your phone. On a happier note, during the, um, <laughs> the meeting, however, um, you and I and Sarah Miles Collins were presented with a little gift from for Chandra. doing the Bromley Bars from yes. Chandra, which in my case included a miniature of Jack Daniels, which is obviously all you can trust me with. Yes. Um, well, Sarah and I got a little bottle of Prosecco with... Uh, sweets to go chocolate sweets to go with it alcoholic sweets to go with it so thank you for Chandra for those that, yes. that was really nice that was re that was a real surprise that was a yeah, real buzz it was um and just uh the appreci appreciation that we got from that so that was wonderful so thank you yeah i need to be feeling upbeat because i've got an invitation from startups magazine uh, to for their online side to write a piece about uh, what bromley is as a place to work and to do business and to uh, share its attractions beyond Bromley which is one of the reasons the buzz exists anyway so mm. thank you for that startups magazine oh, they're, they're, a, they're a good thing to look up and to read and they have an event each year as well oh, that's a real buzz yeah I think is. they have a stand at the business show which is coming up in a few days as well up in central London mm -hmm. so something else that people might like to check out definitely mm. now um, Unlike last week, where I ignored it until the end, we have the word affirmation on my uh, little set of notes here, which has sent Zena off to have a quick look at her resources, because she has a, quite a lot of resources in affirmations. These statements, which are meant to empower you with um, uh, thoughtfulness to be a better person and to live your life, I suppose, not a bad summary. Um, <laughs> and she has a book of these, which is called... Begin each day with positive affirmations and empowering questions available on Amazon. There we uh, go. And it's, it's a good thing to, if you are going to be co-presenting with a mental uh, health and well-being coach, which I recommend, by the way. Any future <laughs> podcasters, they're really great. Um, but anyway, Zena is oh, still looking. Oh, thank you. I'm glowing red, mm. like my jumper. Yeah, and you're still alive, unlike the people in Star Trek. <laughs> Right, let's provoke people's thoughts and empower them. Go for it. Okay. So I post these weekly on a Sunday on my social media. And uh, this week I posted, what has truly stopped you from doing what you truly want? Check in with your beliefs and values around this and then see where it can take you. Silence. Yeah, it's very difficult to listen to these, and I'm uh, with you on the podcast because they just send me off into a silence of self-reflection for a while. You do, but yeah. you know what? I think these are the kind of things that we have to do more and often. Just mm. stop for a second, and you know, pause and breathe, as uh, Amanda McCarthy says. You know, as you know, a lot of us should be doing, and um, reflect. Yeah, isn't it a rain check? That's a term for it as well, I think. Is it? Maybe. Rain check? 
Hmm. Well, anyone who wants to argue with the presenters of, um, or particularly this presenter, Darren, uh, of the Bromley Buzz, feel free to go on to at Bromley Buzz on Twitter, uh, our page on LinkedIn and so on, and uh, correct my, my personal mistakes. <laughs> um, you know, I listen to Radio, uh, Nicky Campbell on Radio 5 Live. He's equally uh, open to criticism, apparently. Um, right, anyway, uh, moving on, I'd just like to introduce... Julie Coville's interview um, re-Orpington Football Club which has been a really fascinating thing that I've found out so much more about since we started doing the buzz. Oh, she was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, so over to Julie. Hi, thanks for having me. No, it's absolutely terrific because you're, you're doing some really great work down there. Um, how long have you been with the uh, football club? So for me personally, it's mm. been about six years um, when my son joined the club um, as an under 12 or 13. Um, he's now playing for two men's teams there. My husband is the treasurer. <laughs> I am a director and fundraiser. So we are wholly involved in the football club. It can be quite dangerous being a parent, can't it? It takes you in unexpected places. <laughs> yes, yeah, it has sort of taken over our lives in a very good way. I suppose it's about keeping those boundaries, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, give, give, sorry, give me a, an idea of the before and after. So how was it when you picked it up six years ago? And what's it like now? What's changed in that time? So the club has gotten a lot bigger. And what we're offering is reaching a lot more people. Uh, we now have 600 players, approximately, aged mm -hmm. from 4 to 55, men and women, boys and girls, and most recently a disability football offering that we're super proud of. Um, and what is the most fantastic thing about us, I believe, is that we are an entirely volunteer-led organization. Um, and everything that you see when you see the hundreds of kids playing in Goddington Park on a Saturday or Sunday is entirely through volunteers. That's amazing. I mean, so, I mean, I think that makes it even more special that, you know, you've got so many volunteers uh, volunteering. I mean, where are most of these volunteers, volunteers from? So most are parents, just mm -hmm. like my husband and I. Um, my husband was uh, a coach for my son's team as well. So most are dads and moms mm -hmm. who have played football in the past, or some of them haven't, well, but okay. still end up stepping up to coach because they know that that's the way their child will access team sport. And we all know the great benefits that team sport can bring you mm. in working as a team and negotiating and taking feedback and... Social a, skills. Yeah, social <laughs> skills and at a lower level, speaking and listening and taking turns and thinking about um, yourself as something bigger, being mm. part of a team, being part of a club, um, gives people a place to belong. Amazing. How many volunteers do you have on board currently? We don't have an official register, but we certainly have over 90 that wow. would be a regular, really regular every weekend and during the week probably 10 hours a week sort of thing um as well as another i don't know probably double the number who help with events and occasionally put out nets put out respect barriers that sort of help fantastic 
that's an awful lot of people. Mm. Uh, and one thing you didn't, didn't mention there in the list of things that people get out of being part of the many teams, uh, 40 teams or so? Something um, like that. that club. Only 40 the, the, teams, the joy, right? <laughs> the joy and the fun, because you see that as you go walk around there. Absolutely. Um, I'm really lucky because I, I sit right in front of the pavilion on Saturday morning, which is where we run our academy for four to six-year-old boys, wildcats for four to ten-year-old girls, and disability football offering for seven to 14-year-olds. And the joy on all those kids' faces, and not just the joy on the kids' faces, but the coaches. Um, so I have firsthand kind of bird's eye view of the joy of running and playing together and being outside in a green space and what good that does for mm. not only the players, but the parents who socialize around that and the siblings who are playing on the side with other siblings. It's just an all around beautiful thing. It was very friendly there. I spoke to obviously seven year old Jess uh, who omitted to tell me that she called, scored 10 goals in her first game. Um, I spoke to Mags, an organiser, yes. uh, and I spoke to Janet, uh, a woman, women's coach. And all of them, the, the sheer pride in what they were doing there, uh, it, it came across really well. And, and Janet uh, had talked about not having the opportunities to be in women's teams earlier on and uh, the pleasure it gave her in doing this. So your women's side has been growing very fast. It has. We were really lucky to get some Sport England funding to support our girls program and we have gone from three girls and a ladies team to six girls and a ladies team in through the COVID period. So over the last kind of two and a half years, we're really pleased with that growth. We've got a long way to go though because mm -hmm. we have six girls teams and something like 32 boys teams. So lots of opportunity for um, sisters and cousins and friends of the boys in our club to join um, a team. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and it's nice to know that there's always that room for growth. I mean, what would you say, because um, I'm thinking about how you go about advertising and what the intake of joining for all these uh, well, young people all the way through to adults is? in terms of how you know how do they go about and how often are people joining up on the club mm. so some people will seek football clubs out because they have a family of football in their history and they're looking for a place to play we also advertise um, in orpington firsts online we've advertised our wildcats in the magazine um, so we put ourselves on social media when there are teams looking for places most people join our club when they're children, when they're mm. in that kind of academy or wildcat stage. And those are the places that our teams are formed from. But we also have lots of people who join throughout various points and we try and accommodate as many people as we can um, into our teams. Yeah, I know you've got a, an interesting challenge on mm. your hand with your premises. We do. Um, we have grown out of our um, current pavilion. It is an older uh, building, breeze block building in typical style of kind of 1930s or 40s kind of pavilions that were built. Um, but it does not meet the needs of our club nor the Goddington Park community. 
It doesn't meet health and safety needs. It doesn't meet safeguarding needs for our club. And we're far too big for the space. We can't hold an executive meeting, for instance, of the people who volunteer all their time. We can't hold a manager meeting there. We can't do any of the training we'd like to do. Um, and there's other groups that use that space too that would like better facilities. Park Run, for instance, mm -hmm. um, is a regular user every Saturday morning. Okay. They have hundreds of runners in Orpington Park. Um, they would like a place to have a cup of coffee and a natter afterwards to make, you know, expand the social aspect of their running club. Um, we have other groups that are interested in space as well. So we would like to build a new community pavilion in Goddington Park uh, for our football club, but also, also for the greater Goddington community, dog walkers, park users, playground users, neighbors, people who are working from home. Mm. We really envisage it being a multi-purpose um, space because football only uses a pavilion a couple nights a week and on the weekend days. It seems a real shame to build a fantastic building and not use it for and them. have it empty during the weekdays um, where I know there are mom and baby groups and older people who want to meet and do things together and we'd love to give them the space to do that. Yeah, because the existing one is a bit of a concrete blockhouse, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. You know, it's nice when you're in there because the people in there are happy and uh, so on. But uh, you've got a diagram, uh, an illustration beautiful. of the new building here, uh, which is rather rather nice. And you've got yeah. that consultation ongoing. Um, what input do you need from people and how did they get it to you? So there is an email address, which is info at orpingtonfc.co.uk. Um, where we can have any comments um, on the building that we're proposing and um, we're happy to share the current designs that we'll be going to planning shortly. Um, we're looking for any feedback from any group or potential user of person or organization um, who'd like space in Goddington Park. And that mm -hmm. you know could be businesses doing an away day, it could be Bromley Buzz. You could use space in our mm. um, restaurant or a meeting room to record your podcasts. There, you know, we envisage that lots of people. We'd love to have somebody like Bromley Mind or other groups like that use our space. Do you know what I was just thinking with um, you saying all that? The Rotary clubs are very good. Um, opportunity as well f um, for them to hold their events um, either there but also I think they would be great because they're brilliant at bringing the community together fundraising events so a great synergy there as well yeah we'll introduce and you we'll to introduce Christine Atkinson yeah. Fantastic. who's the um, um, deputy she, she runs the eight rotary clubs in the borough of Bromley Oh, yeah, district yes. governor, I think. District governor, that's the yeah. name. Mm. <laughs> oh, no, so many people that we forget their titles. <laughs> well, you were, you were only just at the quiz of uh, that. I know. Don't, no, week. that's my buzz. That's my buzz. You're stealing my buzz. <laughs> I like to do that at least once a fortnight. <laughs> I know, you do. Not often. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll get myself back on track now. Get yourself back on track, uh, with, yes. with the aid of uh, Gareth Bacon MP, who we mentioned earlier on. Uh, I understand he's been quite helpful to you. He has. He is our honorary president of our club. Uh, there's a funny story, actually, when um, Lawrence, my husband, went to visit him and he said, 
Hmm, I see from your address you're not in my constituency because we live in a different part of Bromley. And uh, he said, yes, but you potentially are going to be honorary president of our football club. It is uh, his predecessor <laughs> had held that position. And luckily, Gareth is a keen sportsman and very happily took that role on for us. He has helped us um, get gas to our pavilion. He has helped us push our new pavilion forward um, to get the attention of counselors and help move things forward with the council. So we're really grateful to him for that. Um, likewise, in the very short term, uh, firstly, we've already had an interview on the Bromley Buzz with Jess. Now we've got yourself. Now we've got <laughs> Janet coming up and uh, maybe Gareth at some point in the vicinity as well. So yeah. that's a, a bit of publicity of too. For the buzz. Well done him. Good MPing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, mm. you know, I think we need people like that on board um, to really support um, initiatives like this, which is so needed, especially for young people nowadays coming through and wanting to do things that they're passionate about and um, just like you said earlier on those core growth skills that uh, young people need and i think gareth knows the power of sport um through his own experiences mm. and he's been out on a saturday morning watching the kids the kids see an mp turn up at their football and they think that is pretty cool it is yes. um it makes it feel valuable to them and um, gives them a sense, I don't know. A sense of purpose. A sense of and purpose value. and a bit that it's a bigger thing mm. than just them and their team, uh, that it's a, a big deal for Orpington. Mm. But it does have a wider reach as well because, of course, you've got leagues that the teams are involved in as well and, and that Correct. bit of competition as well. Yes, so we go uh, into the wilds of Kent. We go into, uh, I'm not sure. Actually, Canary Wharf, I heard of a team going to recently um, into Lewisham, into, you know, central, more central mm -hmm. London. So, yeah, we play all over the place. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, you know, I think it, you know, because you're calling it a community pavilion and it, it just goes to that, doesn't it? It's a community. And I think that's really heartwarming. Um, and there's not a lot of places like this within the London Borough of Bromley. At least I don't know of, unless it's, there's more hidden gems. Yes. Well, I'd love for you to find out about more hidden gems. Um, you know, we really didn't appreciate as an executive and as trustees of our charity, how important our community was to the people who participate in it until mm. COVID. Mm. Till you can't play football, till you can't meet up with your friends, with your uh, football friends, uh, associates, seeing the people who you normally see on a regular basis mm -hmm. and how much everybody really missed that. And again, not just the kids, but the parents and the siblings that we couldn't have activities. There was a mm -hmm. period of time where we couldn't meet each other to play outside and how much it really affected mm -hmm. parents, coaches, children, um, all of our players and and I think we all have a greater appreciation of <laughs> our community our Orpington Football Club community our Goddington Park community our Bromley community and that's why this all kind of we have to do this mm. this building is so meant to be um, for lots of reasons 
and selfishly, yes, we need it for football, but there's a load of other reasons why it should happen. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what? I actually, uh, you've just got me thinking, because you mentioned Mm. earlier on the types of teams and the people that you're catering the football towards. And it's just because recently I've been seeing a lot about the lack of places for people with disabilities to do sports or the arts. Um, You know, I think in Bromley, if I'm not mistaken, there's only, or there's only one place for the arts um, in terms of disabilities. And then just on Strictly Come Dancing, um, she was talking about the blind school, uh, the deaf schools. There's only like one real um, deaf school academy to go and do things like this. So tell us a little bit more about this disability. I mean, how did that come about? Um, you know, how how is that catered for? So we have a couple of coaches who took a particular interest, have, have had, we've had attempts at running a disability offering before and either we haven't quite got our offering right mm. or the age range was too big but you know we're trying new things so we're you know we make mistakes but we try and fix them and and i think this year we seem to have gotten it right we started i believe last easter um and so we ask that um the children are aged between seven and 14 and we've probably broken those rules a little kind of a few years either way but you know extended it a tiny bit mm. um that kids are physically able so they can run on the grass because that's the only facility we have we're a park pitch so mm-hmm. we can't you know you can't play wheelchair football where we play that's we can't offer that mm. um so the types of disabilities the kids have um they have asd they have adhd um they have various learning difficulties um but they all want to play football and they want to be part of something Mm -hmm. and overwhelmingly it is so touching (laughs) the feedback from parents because some of these kids aren't so verbal or can't express what it means to them but their parents can Mm. and just tell us what a difference it makes to have some place to go where you're included, you're welcomed, you are wanted, and you feel part of. Mm. And for lots of these kids, school is the only other place like that for them, Mm. but they also know they have to go to school, that's their job. (laughs) Um, And this is a bit of fun on the side, and on purpose, we split our academy in Wildcats and put our special needs offering, and they're called the SEN Stallions. So they have a team name like every other team. Lovely. And we put them in the middle, which maybe wasn't the right special needs solution because it is distracting and there's balls everywhere and there's lots of noise. (laughs) But we wanted them to feel in the middle of everything, and they totally are. the grins on their faces. I mean, some of these kids need one-to-one. They're just going to kick a ball and they need somebody mm-hmm. to follow them around kind of. But they're happy and they're part of it. And they come together in the end and take a picture. And they all are earning. If you come three times, you earn a training top. Yeah, um, the kids who played last year have all gotten an award, a trophy from for joining the team. And again, these are kids that don't get trophies. No one gives them an award. Um, and it's been super fun to watch. Really great to be part of. Yeah. And I 
I guess it's it's a great opportunity as well in a place where you've got other players and teams breaking down sorry I'm on the thing of mental health and well-being again but it's about breaking down stigmas that are there they're in a safe place uh, a community and uh, free to express themselves as you said be who they are show the talents they have and have that freedom Absolutely. And we welcome anyone who would like to join us. Um, look us up on the website. We have space for more children. Um, we will cater for absolutely everybody we can. Yeah, I've got direct uh, experience of some of this as well, because my school, my junior school, took us around to a a uh, place for children with special needs. And we played football with them once a fortnight. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we discovered that they were just ordinary people like everyone else who had the ability to whack you with their sticks or <laughs> fill the goal with their wheelchair so you couldn't <laughs> score. You know, the, the, but it, it, overnight, and, and that would have been when I was about eight or so, uh, any chance that I would ever discriminate against people from those ages went out the window then because I just... Uh, fell into them as, as, as I say, normal people like anyone else who just had particular problems, uh, and they're great. Uh, and I, I love the fact you're doing it, and you put them in the middle. Uh, one of the the things introduced to this: Orpington Football Club. Go and see them. Uh, yeah, okay, it's a football club. There's lots of football clubs yeah. out there. But what you don't realise until you have this conversation or you go it's down there as I did, this is a about. tip of the iceberg thing. Mm -hmm. the, the Orpington Football Club name is one thing, but the extent of what you've got going on there and how much it's grown... It's much greater. And, and yeah, it, it's a true community thing. And I'm really pleased that we've ended up having you on here and will be again. Great, thanks Thank so you. much. Anything else, Zena, you want to throw in? No, I think, yeah, no, I'm just uh, just like, oh, that's I know, really lovely. It really gives me a warm feeling as yeah. well, so that's really lovely. Can I um, have, can I say a blurb about the kind of executive team who well, norm gives normally, so many times? Normally it's a buzz with us, uh, and we What's actually finish with the buzz, but, uh, oh, okay. we, but we, won't, we won't do that. Yes, we of course, blurb, 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 blurb away. Blurb away. Blurb away. Um, there's a really core team of 20 volunteers who technically meet once a month in addition to coaching the teams they coach and they give hundreds of hours a year to organizing events um, making sure the club runs smoothly doing all the things that nobody thinks need to happen in a football club making sure everybody's dbs checked that we have enough referees for the weekend uh, that the pitches are taken care of, that we get enough funding, that we have events that are fun for kids and adults, uh, that we're looking after those in our community who need a little extra help. There's a lot of extra things that go on and our executive team is really committed to offering the best experience that we can to our whole football club. Fabulous. That's yeah. a buzz. Yeah, it is a nice place to bring yeah. it to an end, I think. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, Julie. Julie. Orpington Football Club. And we're back again after uh, Julie's thing. As you said in the intro there, that was absolutely wonderful because, well, you know, 
Which just makes sense. What she has done, and the p- people before she and Lawrence came along, presumably as well, in setting mm. the thing up, um, it just makes a, such a difference to people week in, week out. I spoke to some of the parents when I was up there on the fringes as well. Mm. And the ability to take their children into something which is literally yards away from them, in some cases, and not have to go out more and yeah. openly, means a lot. Now I've got you with the signers now. That must have been an affirmation in disguise I was just doing that. <laughs> uh, okay, on to other right, things. Right, so news, other things, on, news and what's on, yes. Right, a bit short on that department today, but that's actually almost deliberate. So um, uh, we get the Burnt Ash Drama Association uh, featuring here um, on Twitter as at drama underscore ash. And they are apparently thrilled to be back and presenting a show for all the family. A fun retelling of Peter Pan. Join us in December and have a great tip to tip trip to neverland and uh, the tip must be the recyclable version anyway hurry <laughs> tickets are selling fast well it is just after the uh, summit on that subject uh, yes call 07482952550 now to book your tickets uh, so there you hashtag go. bad a badder. oh badder badder yeah. peter pan that's b-a-d-a peter pan badder boom Bada boom, yeah. bada bing, bada bum. Yeah, right. There we go. Do you have any more buzzes or other Bromley content? That you you know to what? Throw in, Z? I think well, I'm buzzed out. I mean, there's been such great things. Mm. That, you know, we've had lots of buzzes this week. Um, some exciting stuff and some real deep emotional meaning things like Remembrance Day. Uh, the, you know, just the causes. Um, your the funeral that you went to. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. I think we need to think about buzzing out. Yes. And I'm not going to interrupt you. Right. Can we do the buzz to the th- the, the um, theme of Jingle Bells? Oh, my goodness. There's a reminder to people that Christmas is coming. We did that rather well.